God had began to really talk to me about this message that I'm going to be speaking to you about today called Faith Checkup is the title of my message, Faith Checkup. God had been speaking to me about this because when God sends you to another planet, you know we've been sent on earth to colonize the planet for the goodness of God. We've been sent to earth to colonize earth with God's glory, with God's culture, with God's goodness, with God's healing, with God's breakthrough. We have not been sent yet to die with the sicknesses of the earth. We've been sent yet to heal the sicknesses on the earth. We've come here exactly the same way Jesus came down. The Bible says that he sent his word and healed them. So we have been sent here as agents of change to heal, to deliver, to set people free on the planet Earth. Amen. Now to do that, we've been given a tool, and the tool we've been given is called faith. Faith is the tool you need on planet Earth to make things work. Okay? You're not looking at somebody that teaches faith. I live faith. Everything I've ever built. Do you know that from the time of lockdown, if I, I've increased more in lockdown, church-wise, business-wise, I've increased more from March 2020 than any other year prior to that. I have some of my staff, in fact, not some, most of them, have received increases continuously in lockdown. Hello? Even in a time of looting, we have increased. Why? Because we are not, I sympathize with people that are going through stuff. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But I'm trying to tell you that there is another power that is more external. There's, a, there's another lifestyle outside of looting, outside of COVID, outside of, of the world system. There's another system that when you work with that system, it's not subject to what they say. It's not subject to what the RAND says. It's not subject to the insurance company you under. It is a lifestyle of power. And when you understand the lifestyle, you will be made whole. I live that life. I don't know what day it is. You know, sometimes you know, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm not talking about today, but I'm talking about in the week I got. I, felt, I woke up in the morning. In fact, I was in the office. And I got, I started getting really sick in the office. I don't get sick. Eh? And me and Kayla, we never get sick. It's like we like these mules. We are stubborn. You understand? I started getting sick at the office. Badly. And I started shaking inside, you know. Like my, my stomach was like, was broken apart. Then I had a, BA, a high fever. Nobody knows about Then I had a high fever. Then I decided to, I was so cold, you know. Everybody was dressed like normal, but I was feeling so cold. I sat in the car and I just wanted to be in the sun because the car was heated by the sun that day. And I was feeling like that. Then I got home and I found a friend of mine because, you know, we've got, we've got, a, we've got very good friends with different doctors. So I don't go to doctors. I just tell them the problem. They give me a prescription on the phone, you understand? So he told me, okay, I want to give you this and this and this. You must go to the to this place and buy it. And he did. And then I was lying in the room when I got from work. There, Pastor Lee could hear me walking with my shoes. going. You can Because in our house, I can tell who you are by the way you walk. Because <laughs> we're going to wood your floors. So she, could, she, she, she heard me walking. And he says, but where are you going? 
I was dressed, with the way I was feeling, dressed, everything on, and I'm on my way to the shop. And the Lord told me when I was in the room, don't let Lizzo feel sorry for you at all. You live as if you're okay. Because when we're not okay, sometimes we're going to lie down and everybody must feel sorry for us and feed us soup. That soup is what gets you dead. Soup will kill you. You understand? <laughs> Faith has to be. If you know you are healed, what are you doing lying on the bed? Because the Bible says I was already healed. So I got out from that place. Fever and all, not feeling that. Well, obviously, I social distance with people wherever I am because I don't want to be close to people. So I put on my mask. I was far away. Then I drove my vehicle, went to the mall. And you know what? The follow, by the time I got to the following morning, I was fine. And today, I'm completely healed. Whatever that whole booty was, it could not sit on me. Why? Because I've been called to earth to change the atmosphere. I've been called to change to get off this thing. Whatever it is, you get it off you and you walk by faith. Amen. That's how you've been designed to walk. Now, how do we know we are walking in genuine faith? Because we've heard so much about faith and our circles as believers, we think we are walking in faith because of the information we've heard. So we think we know faith. We think we know what it's all about. When we hear, we hear people say, I'm, I'm, by faith I have it, Pastor. But what does that mean to you? Let's go to the, book, to the first slide. It's going to be a scripture. It's going to be on the side as well. It says, genuine faith requires constant checkups. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 in the message. It is very powerful. It says, Test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. I mean, this is the Bible. Test. So in other words, there's an examination you have to undertake to know you are in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. We take stuff for granted because I know faith. You know, I take the word, I speak it, and therefore I've got faith. Ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change you in a moment. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need first-hand evidence, not mere hearsay that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. We're going to stop there because we don't have time to read the whole thing. In accounting or in, if, you know, I've got, you know, people here that are tax experts and, you know, and you've got, your um, different text qualifications, you will know in order for you to stay on any professional board, if you're going to be an accountant or text professional, to stay on any board for that matter, you, every year you need to do a certain amount of hours of what they call continuing professional development. They call it CPD. Okay? So you need to have your CPD hours. I have to get my CPD hours every year because I'm still running a business. To get my hours every year. If I don't get those hours, I'll be kicked off the boards that I'm on. It's imperative that on, on, to, to continue as a, an accountant or as a um, tax practitioner, you have to do those CPDs or those continuing professional development 
every year you have to keep the amount of hours. Pastor Lee sees me all the time. They tell me, hey, I have to do my examination. And when I do the CPDs, I have to have minimum 80, 80% to pass. If I get 70%, I fail. And I do them sometimes weekly. Every Friday I sit at the office and I have to write my examination and I have to get at least 80% every time I write. Think about that. Throughout my entire life, I have to do that. As long as I'm going to keep my professional um, profession, I have to do that. Now, I do have the qualification to do what I'm doing. Okay? Which, man, I got years ago. My question is, why is the qualification I got years ago not enough? Why do I have to keep checking myself on a yearly basis? Why does the board want me to check myself yearly every time? So that they can make sure that I'm qualified enough to represent that board. On the weekends I'm studying, Saturdays I'm studying. I've got books everywhere in my house because I have to keep on studying. That is the, that's the deal. They call me. If they go there, they see me, but I'm short three hours. They called me this year. Uh, you know, they, they, it was their pro, pro, problem on their system that did not record it. But they called me and said, oh, Mr. Lamini, we see you are short a certain amount of hours. We are giving you 30 days to rectify. If you don't rectify in 30 days, guess what? Bye. You'll be kicked off the board. You can't practice anymore. In the kingdom of God, though, we got born again five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. How have we been yearly checking if we are still in the faith? Because nobody ever checks us. Nobody ever says, I'm going to kick you off the board. Because in the Christian faith, everybody is the biggest faith guy in the church. Doesn't matter what they are going through. Are you really walking in faith? Yes, I am. You can ask them questions. All those questions are yes, 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 yes. But then if you do all these yeses, why are you struggling? You get what I'm saying? So there's no examination to see if they will pass. So we need to do a few faith checkups in the next couple of weeks, and it's going to bless you, and it's going to change how you see everything. Okay? Let's go to the next slide. What is faith? I heard one guy say last week, faith is taking a risk. That's what they said. It's a preacher. I don't judge them. Maybe they don't know much. It's faith declaration of Bible verses. Because you've got your Bible verses with you in your pocket. You're declaring every day. I'm going to ask these questions. I'm going to attempt to answer them. Because okay? <laughs> somebody say like, geez, I thought. It's faith finding a Bible verse and holding on until it comes to pass. It's an old question. Does faith work sometimes? Or is it something that works other times? Now, if you ask people, they'll say, no, 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 faith, faith works all the time. But if you want to be honest, you tried certain things and they never worked. Thinking you've got faith. Hello? You did it, it didn't work. You had your Bible verse. <laughs> Help me preach it. How many of you have had your Bible verses ready? You've got your scriptures. You are declaring what the pastor said, but it never happened. You're, you're declaring, it's mine. I, I speak faith. I talk to you. You did it. You were upside down. Your foot wasn't. You did everything, but that thing never came to pass. Amen. 
So then how do we know we are in faith? Because if faith is something that I assume I have and don't really know it's there, how do I attend? Because what if I'm having faith for something that God doesn't want me to have faith for and I'm having faith for that thing and it doesn't work? Who is in the wrong? That is why you see traditionally people end up saying it is God's will to do this kind of thing. They end up saying it is God's will because they think it, they, it became God's will because they thought they had all the faith in the world. And the reason why it didn't work, it is because God had another plan for them. Now, if faith is that way, then how do I know what is the will that time? When I'm believing God for this building, and I'm telling everybody about this building, and it's a risk I'm taking, say, for example. <laughs> and I'm telling everybody, God has given us the Weaver Conference Center. Amen. Hallelujah. And I took my scriptures, man. I've got them. I'm confessing them. And it didn't happen. Okay? We would have all said, God did a better building for us in future sometime. And that could be true. <laughs> but... If faith is really a tool, why didn't the tool work then? Okay, you know, ladies, if you go to your kitchen and if everything is okay in your kitchen, you put that stove on and it goes on all the time if the bill is paid. Okay, your electricity is paid, your stove is not broken, you know you don't even have to have faith and say, I believe it's going to go on today. You just go in there. If it's a gas stove, you just press the, it clicks a few times, it's on. If it's a whatever, electrical stove, you, it goes even to a microwave. If the microwave is functioning, the electricity is there, the microwave is not broken, you know you put the microwave every time it works. Faith can work sometimes and then don't work sometimes. If it's something that works according to maybe, maybe not, then it's not faith, right? Then I've got nothing to do with it because I'm telling the whole world God is giving me this thing that it doesn't come to pass because I've done it in the past. I believe God. I've gone to places. I remember Pastor Lane, I drove to a place down the road. Yeah, it was a property we wanted. We went there. I'm telling you, we rebuked that property. We rebuked it so much that the, it, it took, the, we, the, people couldn't send it to anybody. We said, it's our property. We speak to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whose I am, whom I serve. You come forth into our hands. We decree right now, you are supposed to be ours from the beginning. I move heaven and earth. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm speaking. Then I go to the bank and the bank said, no. <laughs> you know, so my point is, was that faith or was that God's will? What was it that I thought I had? Oh, it's quite, getting quite in this, in this, <laughs> getting quite in the, in the Catholic church, amen. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm gonna, uh, Dr. Allen has to come and fix this when he comes next week. All right. All right. Let's go to the next slide. What is faith? Hebrews 11. Let's look at it from verse 1 to 3. I'm going to tell you a story just now, what happened to me. And it's one of the places I regret the most in my life. But after I explain this to you, you are going to understand why I regret it like that. Amen. 
Hebrews chapter 11 from 1 in the KJF, he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So we, and, and Jesse has spoken on the scripture. Now me and Jesse didn't discuss this, right? Because we don't say, okay, what are you preaching, pastor? Then I say, oh, you use the scripture. Is God doing it, right? So now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So for faith to work, it has to have substance. So real faith has to have substance in order for that hope to happen. And it has to have evidence first before it can be seen. But what is that evidence? that it has to have to work, okay? For by its elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the wells were framed by the word of God. So the wells were framed by the word of God. It's so important for you to understand that so that the things which are seen are not made from things that do appear, all right? So here we understand, we, we read this scripture, you, under, you ask Christians, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, Okay? But it's one thing operating in that substance. So I don't want you to get to a place where you are only walking in the knowledge of what you think faith is and you are not achieving. I have used faith big time in the time of lockdown. So that everybody under me is safe. If you are under me, you are safe. Because I have used faith. I'm walking. Pastor Lee will tell you. Many people call sometimes in the morning looking for me. Pastor Lee will just tell them he's in his quiet time. Because many times before I leave for work, I do anything. I spend at least an hour, an hour and a half in the quiet room. I don't want to talk to anybody. When people come in here to do something, they say, sorry, sir, excuse me. They have to go. Because hearing the Father in that time is critical to me. That's how I stay safe, you see. All right, so... So the definition of faith which we have in the Bible is that faith is substance of things hoped for. But really, we know all of that, but why is it still not working for us? Now, let's go to the next slide which says, how do I get faith? How do I get faith? Romans 10, 17. I'm going to bring this whole aeroplane together just now. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, okay? So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Now, that, um, that, that word you see there by the word is the word rhema, okay? And, and that word God is the word Christos or Christ, okay? Or the anointing. So the, then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the rhema anointed word of God. Okay? So that's how faith comes. Now, I'm going to explain. Let's go to the TPT. Why this we are there? To the TPT in Romans 10, 17 in the TPT. I want to show you something here. Um, you know, in the TPT, if you can go quickly for me there at the back. Faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. Now, wait on that scripture. That word utterance is the key to faith. So then faith is birthed in the heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. So when we talk about rhema, the word in your Bible, the Bible that you have here, this word is called logos. Okay, it's logos. 
The word that God speaks directly into your spirit is called rhema. That's the rhema word. That, and it's an anointed word. And that word is coming straight from the Father. So faith is only birthed. A woman can't make a baby any other. And spirit, you know, there are various ways like practical insemination where you can inject into a test tube and do You can do all of, But there has to be an egg and a sperm for it to work. Okay? It's only birthed that way. Faith then is birthed. So without responding to the anointed utterance, faith cannot be birthed. Okay? I'll give you this. I'm gonna, you're going to get this clearly now when I explain this. One day, a few years ago, a very nice guy. This guy here, my heart was broken when he passed away. Broken. He's one of the guys where my heart was so broken. We were not in this building. We're still renting down in the Woolworth Center there. Nice guy. He came to church on a Sunday. That Sunday, he danced the whole church. He danced from corner to corner. Now, these things only came as the Holy Ghost explained to me why what I did never worked. Or what they did to me never worked. Okay. He was dancing up and down. He was in the church. That guy was a quiet guy, but that day, he was like somebody else. He was in full praise. He was running and he was dancing and he was, he was full of joy that morning, on a Sunday morning. Sunday evening, we get a call. I won't say his name, but Sunday evening, God say, oh, so-and-so has been hit by a car. He, is, he died this evening. And he was hit by a car somewhere deep in north side. He was hit by a car and his head opened in the middle and he died. Nice guy. Dancing in church in the morning, but he got hit by a car later on in the evening on that side. That gentleman, I know him. He knew Psalms 91. He knew scriptures. I think when he even went, he went together with the scriptures he knew. But he still got hit and he died confessing the scriptures. This is so important. I have seen Christians cry sometimes. They say, Pastor Wellington, I, but I had my word, Pastor. I had the word. I was confessing the word. The word you are confessing is not faith. It's the word that you are confessing. Do we confess the word? Yes, we do. But we can't jump. Do we, do we, do we bath the baby when the baby is born? Yes. Do we get doctors to deliver the baby? Yes. But we can't get doctors to deliver a baby that is not there. There has to be step number one. Step number one, if you made it, make the baby first. Number one. When the baby has been made, we now get the doctors. We now get the, the court bed. And we get everything. But we can't jump to bang the court bed when the baby has not been conceived. Hello? So we have to know the steps. This thing is very important. This is everything. Because in this time when things, Jesus asked and he said to the lady, when I come back, will I find such faith on the earth? Will I find miracles? Will I find people's legs growing? Will I find people's eyes being opened? He says, will I find faith on earth? Not wonders, faith. Why? Because that's the commodity you need on this planet to be able to fulfill your assignment down here. You can't, your 
future needs to, your faith has to respond to your future. Without faith, you can't respond to God's plan for your life. Because everything you're going to need, you're going to need faith for. Okay? It was confusing scriptures, loving God, doing all that. Then he hit by a car and he passed on. When they found me, I couldn't believe that that happened. I was full of emotion. My heart was broken. Because I knew I loved um, this man a lot. Then the following day, a number, a number of ladies, number of ladies came together and they said, Pastor, you have to go raise this person from the dead. You have to go pray for him. Let's go pray for him. And let's, we, can, we can do all things through faith that strengthens us. God can answer faith. We can do all things through faith. That's the day I learned what faith is that day. And I never did that again. That day I learned true faith. And it took me from the building we're renting to over here and to other properties. That day, I learned something. So, I went into my Bible and I found all the scriptures that Jesus raised people from the dead. The Bible says then he was walking by the way and he saw a mother who was crying with a briar or a coffin. They were holding a coffin and they were making a whole great noise. And Jesus said, come bring. Then he says to the mother, bring him to me. Jesus laid the hand on the coffin and the boy, boom came out of the dead. How many of you know that scripture? Peter goes to, 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 to is it Tabitha? And Tabitha was not feeling well and, and she, she passed on and the people were crying and Peter goes, puts everybody out of the room. Peter kneels next to the bed of Tabitha and says, Tabitha! He says to her, come forth, be healed! And Tabitha wakes up from the dead. I read about um, Lazarus. Called Lazarus and he came. I knew all of that. And I had all the scriptures they were pegged, and I was meditating on them as I was driving, and I was confessing them. Because now, these ladies came to me, and they said, we have to. And I was also full of emotion, and I didn't, I didn't know. I just thought faith was me taking whatever scripture I have. I must go and do it. Because after all, this is a young guy. God didn't want him dead. The Bible says the life of man shall be 120 on earth. This is what the word of God says. So in any case, I'm going to go ahead based on what this scripture said, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to speak to the body. Anyway, so they told me I agreed because I was emotional about it. We all went singing songs, trusting God. We go to the morgue where it was. We went into the morgue. And as we went in there, you could smell all the dead bodies as we went in the morgue. We went in there. The guys are not really allowed to let people go. But we got there and we told them, other people we can say no to, but we are here to raise the dead. We can raise the dead. We went into the morgue. We went past it. We go past there. You can see bodies that are in body bags. Tied together in body bags. And, and most of the bodies there are through accidents. So most of the people, they can see that there's blood. The blood is it's like a sack full of blood inside and the bodies in there. So we went past, went past, went past. We go to the end, one of the corners there. And, um, you know, we got there. We went into the room. And... They opened the bag where it was, so they opened the bag up like that. And blood was full in the bag. Plus, he was lying there, still with his shoes on and everything. And it was like, and we went, we prayed in the spirit. I had nothing from God. Nothing. It was so dead that it was just Wellington praying. Nothing. 
There was no anointing. There was nothing. I felt man like somebody who's I laid hands even on him and I and I commanded it come you know come out of the dead. I command you come out of and there was no anointing, it was dead. Yet I had all the scriptures, yet I'd made all the confessions, yet I declared all the declarations, but when I commanded that body, it never came to pass. And we couldn't wake that body up. And we left. And after a while, some of those ladies got ugly with me because the pastor has got no power. I loved them. It was not their fault. It was my fault. I was stupid. Don't blame other people for your problems. Listen to me nicely. Anyone here has got weight problems. And you say, my weight, watching me, wherever you're watching me, I love you. But if you are dealing with your weight... It's your habit. Your weight is your daily habit. Your money in your pocket, your wealth is your daily habit. If you stayed at home instead of going to the mall yesterday, we'd have had the money. Hello? It's your habit. Your mood is your habit. What do you wake up and do in the morning? You start by watching all those gunshots. Your daily thing you do. So 90% of all your problems in your life is your daily lifestyle. Not other people. Am I boring you, family? <laughs> so, so anyway, so this didn't happen. So I came home. I had two choices. One was for me to think this is definitely God's will because I knew this is a young guy. It's not God's will for him to have died at that age. So I knew it was not God's will because they had small kids. I mean. He had two beautiful boys, man, just good-looking boys. And I knew it was not God's perfect will for him to have died that way. I knew that. Or I could have gone on the other traditional side. God wanted another angel in heaven. Because you hear that story. God is calling another angel. You men don't become angels when they get there, just for your own information. The Bible says that we will judge angels. You are higher than an angel. Do you understand? You are made in the image of God. Angels are not. They are just beings made that, that are coming out of the throne of God where there's, there's not been seen more valuable to God than an angel. Okay? God loves angels, but you are more of value to, to God. So, I came and I got troubled and I thought like, let me just come with the old traditional thinking like my other folks. Because, because among us all the Christian folks over the years, we have developed our excuses because we've been around for a long time. So we end up saying, it was, not, it was their time to go. So we think it was their time because if I can't do anything about it, if God, if, if, if I couldn't do anything about it, it means, it means that God wanted them to go. No, no. So I spent time, I was really bothered and I was struggling with that thing personally. Personally, I don't have known, but personally, it was a struggle in my own heart. Because I said, but Father, why didn't it work? Is it because of my unbelief? Is it because I don't have faith? And then the Lord said to me, you did not have any faith to raise him up from the dead. JC read the scripture now. 
But I realized that everybody missed it. I'm going to show you now what faith is, and we are going to talk about it more in the coming weeks. Let's go to the next slide. It's a scripture. We have to learn from the word, okay? I had to explain this story to show you where God showed me something. Then God showed me the scripture in the book of Luke chapter 8, 22 to 25 in the KJV. Luke 8, 22 um, to 25. We're going to read it, and there's some things that are very important in there. In the KJV. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake, and they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy, and they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind, and uh, he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they and they ceased. And there was a calm. Now, <clears throat> we always get interested by the way he said, peace be still. So we spend our, a lot of our time teaching on when Jesus said, peace be still. So that's what we must say when we meet situations. So we go to every situation saying, peace be still. Because that's what we are more interested in. But the whole thing about this scripture was not the peace be still. Because that's what the disciples also got amused about. He said, this man cannot even speak to the wind. They got amused by that. It's also as amusing as even in our time. Verse 25 says, And he said unto them, Now, they said, When he rebuked, everything got calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith now? So we understand that faith, for him to ask them that question, it means they had to have received faith somewhere. We also understand in the scriptures, there's no way where they had a scripture confessing the scripture saying, I, I believe I can cross the sea. I believe I, there was no scripture they were holding on to. But yet Jesus will ask him a very personal question, where is your faith? Okay. This is their faith that Jesus had given them. Go back to verse, it's right there in, the, in verse 22. In verse 22 is the faith, is the substance that they got. Now it came to pass in the setting that, that when he went to the ship with his disciples and he said unto them, watch what he said. And he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the Who said that? So God is the one who said that to them. When God's faith comes by hearing, but the hearing comes from the rhema, the utterance, the anointed, the rhema, the fresh word that comes directly from God, but it goes hand in hand with the Bible. So now, he says to them here, let's go to the other side. That word that came directly from heaven into their hearts that says, let's go to the other side. What's the substance that would have taken them to the other side? Because when you really know you have heard, nothing can stop you from going to the other side. Because you know you have heard. You do not just work at something on your own and you call that faith. Now you go to rebuke that house. No, no. You first heard it a rhema in you when the Rhema was inside of you. You took that rhema. Now you ran with the rhema. And that rhema is what made it to come to pass. It was not something that you woke up and you waked up. Okay, let me get eight scriptures. And let me meditate on the scriptures for day and night, day and night. And, and then let me go and get the business done. 
You don't get the business done until there is an utterance from God himself into your spirit. And you will know it when it comes. You will lead yourself until you fail. I led myself to the morgue and nothing happened because God said to me, look at the scripture. I never told you, go to that place and raise him up. You went and they told you and you went. I never told you. So even though you went with my words, you went with my scriptures, my scriptures only work when I say them to you. Not when you want them to work. Now, no, this, this, this is so important. I didn't give you the scripture, but it was my scripture for another day, but it's important for us to do that because we have to. Let's look at the book of John chapter 5, verse 13. I think it should be in the Amplified AMPC. Let's look at John chapter 5, verse 30. Um, the, the, so in our Christian circles, there's this thing, I'm believing God. God said to me, God said this to me. God said this to me. A family, let's not use these words loosely. Sometimes you want to do that thing and you say, God told you. That's most of the times. I know that because if God really told you to do that, you'll be doing other things right too. Why didn't God tell you how to, you know, to be kind to the next person? Why is only God telling you what you want? I'm not, listen, I'm not judging you. I'm talking to me because I had to deal with this in my personal life. Now watch this. I'm able to do nothing. This is Jesus talking. If you read in other Bibles, it's in red. I am able to do nothing. Now, Pastor Lee taught you this word. I've taught you several over the years. Whenever you see nothing, don't call it nothing anymore. Say nothing. I'm able to do nothing from myself, independently of my own accord, but only as I am taught by God and as I get his orders. Even as I hear, I judge. I decide as I'm bidden to decide. As the voice comes to me, so I give a decision. <laughs> that is what faith is. So Jesus says, I can do nothing. Now, I want to ask you a question. If you saw Jesus, he walks and he gets to the, to the, to the pool of Bethesda. You know, the, is the pool of Bethesda where everybody was sick. There were, there were five porches there in the pool. And, and there were so many sick people. Jesus gets to that big place. If you know that there were hundreds of Ill, sick people. That place was only, for, it was like a hospital. Why doesn't Jesus get to the porch, to all those porches, to that uh, well of Bethesda? Why doesn't he get to the well, lay his hand on the gate? He's, how many of you know that Jesus is God? But why didn't Jesus just lay his hand on the gate and say, everyone in here, in the name of my Father God, I'm Jesus, be healed. And everybody, they just got healed. He's God. What makes you think you can just go to hospitals and lay hands and think the whole hospital is going to be well? Because you had a lot of oats, meatballs, chicken livers, 
You read your word in the morning. You are feeling energized because a check came in the bank, but you never heard from God. And you want to rebuke everybody. As you, you saw somebody in a wheelchair. You want to raise them up out of the wheelchair in a mall, coming out of your own head, and you're operating out of your head instead of operating out of the instruction. I not able to do no thing. So in other words, when Jesus got to that well of Bethesda, he could not heal everybody there. He healed one man. One out of the thousands or hundreds who were sick. And Jesus walks right past all the ones that were crippled and vomiting and almost near death. He walks right past them out of that place and he goes to his next mission after only healing one. Why did Jesus heal all of those? Did he not care about them? He did, but he could do nothing unless his father gave the instruction. He was a man on earth. For a man, for something to work on earth, the instruction has to be true. You have to know God instructed you to do it. You have to know that. You can't just guess it. You can't just say, oh, you know what, God is telling me to do this, and you just run ahead. You have to know beyond reasonable doubt. That is why when I tell you, God is giving me that building, I would have known, I would have spent months sometimes hearing, uh, wanting to know the will. When the will comes back with the dead coming, I know it's, everything is already paid for. Why? Because God told me that. I don't have to come here and do gimmicks. I know everything we need to get him down here is already sorted. Because I heard from the Lord. You are not designed. <laughs> Listen. Coming to church doesn't give you faith. Because I know a lot of folks over the years that have been in church, but they still drink like a fish. And they still lie. Steal. Commit adultery. Fornication. In the, they're here every Sunday and they'll steal. You'll be shocked when they come to you and they tell you, listen, we've made a mistake. What did you do? We did this and that and that and that. Oh, really? After all the faith that I preached, yes, we did, but we are sorry. So I figured out. It's not what, it's not your attendance that gives you faith. It is what you hear while I'm preaching that gives you faith. It's the voice that is the instruction that comes to you during my preaching that gives you faith. Reading your Bible doesn't give you faith. It is what I hear while I'm reading my Bible that gives me faith. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is so important. Amen. I can have programs. Some people came to me sometimes. I'm at conference. They told me, Pastor Wellington, I watch. I have got this. Pastors, especially me, I know, I know a lot of stories because I'm, I've been around. You know? There was one guy, they had more video tapes than th those days. There, were, there was no YouTube and some of you young kids, you don't know what is VHS. You know, VHR and VHS, we used to have these big taps we used to put in this thing that looked like a box. You would push that thing in there, and it was a cassette tape, and it can play images on the TV. VHS. You were not born, some of you guys were still, we're not even known you'll be here. So, I know a guy, he had every preacher you can know in the world, ooh, on the wall, 
He had more tapes than those video hiring places. Ask Pastor Lee, it's the truth. I'm not even exaggerating. That guy had enough. I mean, you could go to, 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 to come books and to all those. They, didn't even have, they wouldn't touch that guy. He tapes, man. But he could not get a simple thing right with all the tapes. It's not how many tapes I listen to every day. It's what I hear while listening to the tape. Is somebody getting what I'm trying to say to you? So the disciples here, the faith, Jesus is asking, where is it? The question, where is your faith? The question is asking them. He's asking them, where is the faith? Because he had given them faith in verse 22. He gave them, let us go to the other side. He gave them rhema. If God says we are going to the other side, it doesn't matter what wind you meet, you are going to the other side. So he gave them faith in verse 22. Let us go. Now that they should have heard that. That's, he got, he, that should have been with them. And when they now hit a storm, instead of saying to the wind, hey, calm down, the master said, we are going to that side. So you better come. Instead of saying that, they said, we are about to drown. That's why I asked them, I've just told you, let us go to the other side. That is the faith I gave you. How come now, a few verses down the line, that faith is, where is it? I just gave it to you. He's not talking about something he gave them 20 years ago. If I came from home now, and in the morning, you know, Jose called me and said, Pastor, because um, I'm working more in the media here. Pastor, well, I really need, we're having a, a problem in the back here. We need airtime. And then I said, okay, Jose, I'm buying you 500 airtime or, or data for you to broadcast this message going out. I'm buying it now, 500 And I bought the data for him and I sent it because you can buy it, as you know, on your phone. I sent it to Jose. Then I came here after service. I realized that he never broadcast the message. And I asked Jose, but where is the data that I gave you? I can ask that question because I know 30 minutes earlier I gave him the data. If I gave him the data three months ago, surely I can't come and ask, where is the data that I gave you? be like, but three months ago. So I don't want you to hear when you read the Bible as if faith is something that they were just walking with the whole time. And then God asked me, where is your faith? No. The faith was what he gave them earlier, which they did not use later. J.C. spoke about Mary, and he says, an angel Gabriel. Watch what happens. The angel Gabriel came to Mary and said to her, Rhema, the angel brought Rhema to her. Go read even the cousin, uh, Elizabeth, who was having a baby. The Bible says that the angel came to the husband, Elimelech, when they were in the bottom somewhere, and says, your wife will have a child, and his name shall be John. The angel brought Rhema. When the Rhema was brought, she conceived at that time, because without the Rhema, there can't be conception. So now, we break forth, we hear a good faith message. Um, Pastor Wellington, oh man, <laughs> we're going to look at this in time to come. 
we just get our Bible, wake up in the morning, we pray, blah, 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 okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You are mine. Which one is the scripture? Okay, that's my word for today. That's my word. You look at the first chapter, that that's my word for today. That's what most Christians do. So they take the word. It doesn't matter what their sins, they just go ahead. When the, when the man passed on, the Lord said to me later on, the reason why I couldn't bring him back and the reason why you felt so cold in that place and the reason why I never gave you a word and the reason why I took my hand off you in that room and you're on your own, it is because number one, I had not given you instruction and number two, he was already with me because before he was hit by a car, I spoke to him hours earlier and told him, don't go to that place where you're supposed to go. Stay at home. Don't leave. He left anyway because he had the scriptures with him and he went. And then it happened to him and he passed on. And when he passed on, I had already warned him. So I could not raise him because I had already warned him. There's another side that Wellington can't see you and God. You must just listen to my instruction. If I say do it, you do it. If I say don't, you don't. You don't have to have an excuse for it. If I say no, it's a no. Sometimes you want to always give people an excuse, the reason why you can't go there. You're always looking for some lie. I can't go there because my toe is itching. I can't come because God didn't tell me to come. I'm not going to spoil your party a little bit, but the thing is this, that's what God told me. Hello? So faith is the rhema is birthed the day I get a prompting in my spirit about it. Now I can take my scripture fight of the devil when it comes to me. And I can take a scripture to keep on put, to keep on believing in the unseen and that word so that that word doesn't get dimmed. I now can confess it over what I've already heard. Do you understand? But I don't just wake up in the morning and I start with whatever comes to me. It's my car. Hallelujah. I've done it. It's my car. Praise God. And I go for it and I rebuke it. Then it's months later, I don't have it. And I'm frustrated. And I said, maybe God said no. Maybe God says, you know, I don't want it anymore. Maybe God, God doesn't change his mind. Don't lie about God. Now I'm watching you. Some Christians want to act like God says something today and then tomorrow. And then the day after. You know, I mean, if you speak to some folks, it's like, dude, the last time he gave you a job at ESCOM. By ESCOM, he says, no, 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 your time is done here at ESCOM, thou shalt go. Listen, God has spoken to me many, many times. There are many things that have come, my Pastor Lee can tell you in our lives, where Satan wants to bring something that is not from God. There's something that we are believing God for in the business. You know, um, some particular work I'm believing God for. It's just between me and Pastor Lee. On Friday, guess what Satan does? Satan brings me fake things And I had to wait on the Lord and I said, Father God, I, you know I don't do anything until you say to me, don't do it. Is it you? And I heard clearly in my spirit there was no peace. God said, it's not me. And I just stopped that whole thing. That was people. And it's people that I didn't even know. Somebody told them about something and they were all coming in numbers to me. And God says, no, that's not it. You just stay where I called you to stay. You just stay in your rest. You just stay where what I've told you, it is going to happen. You get what I'm saying, family? It's not us 
cooking something in a pot in the morning and forcing it to work. It's hearing it and then go out and doing it. We have increased, as I said, in every business because of that. We never started anything. You know, I never started any business on my own. There's my wife. Never. I didn't even just, I didn't just find something like, oh, this thing will work. Let me do it. No, I didn't do that. We were searching God, Father, what do you want us to do, Lord? I know this is what I've studied. This is what I have. But what do you really want me to do, Father? We had a rhema word, Pastor Lino. I had a rhema word to the extent where God says, put aside. The Lord told me where to close my bank account. I had bank accounts with other banks. It came as rhema, close. I'm telling God, can, if you want to hear God, you hear him. I closed that bank, closed that bank. Now, this is the thing. You can't run with what Pastor Wellington did because the rhema was not yours. Okay? That's the problem we have. Oh, Pastor Wellington even also gave his car. The thing is, when it comes to giving, you can tell the sensitivity of your voice by the seeds you give. If your life is dried from seeds, you are probably dry in many other places. Honestly. There's not one week I go by without giving God seed. There's my wife. I was showing Pastor Lee on the phone last week. Because we are believing God for this thing in the business. Because of the, of the size it's going to be. I'll give a certain amount so that it can match my harvest. So every week I keep on propping the seed higher, higher, higher. So I can give there so, so much. And I am putting my action right here. Because I've got my app. So I go there and I add the amount there. And so I can tell now for the last five weeks I've given so much. And I can see that I'm only so many few thousands away from this goal. If God really told you, you give towards it. If God didn't say it, you'll be stingy to give it because you're not sure. Hello? So now I live my life in a place where I'm so sensitive Every deal, I showed Pastor Lee, I can go on my phone and I show you one deal after the other, outside the office even. And it's about to happen. And the Lord said to me, I said to the Lord, is this my deal or not? And the Lord said, it's your deal. I'll give a seed before I get the man. I'll, I'll give the, I'll give the right equivalent seed to the harvest I've not received yet. There's my wife. It comes 100% every time it happens. Every time. That's why I asked you the first question. Faith is not a risk because God has already told you. Okay? <laughs> We're going to close. Can you stand?